the Badgers hang on and hold off a desperate late run by the Penn State Nittany Lions to claim a 75-74 win in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament to advance to face the Iowa Hawkeyes tonight in the quarters at 8 o'clock. It was Aleem Ford hitting all his threes. You had Brad Davison hitting all his free throws and scoring 15 points. But it was the big play with .8 seconds left as somehow Nate Reavers going from looking like a baby giraffe who was just born of falling down and traveling to give the ball back to Penn State to then somewhat tipping the ball to Brad Davison doing his best NFL toe-tapping on the sidelines as Davison caught the ball like he was like Jackie Robinson out there, but then toe-tapped like he's Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson. And then called the timeout as the Patchers hang on and survive. Wow. What a confusing, frustrating, sometimes happy game. Someone who's not happy about it, though. Good morning, Rowdy. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was the most frustrating, I'm sorry terrible about the razor's ending edge. to a game. <laughs> why, why you take the air out of the basketball with 10 minutes left? I'm sorry about the razor's me. edge, Rowdy. Well, Badgers, we took, or say, yeah, we took Rowdy specifically. It was his baby as he was going for seven in a row in the razor's edge. I, I thought it was, I thought it was done. I thought the Badgers had it, no problem when they were up, you know, double digits. I thought, yep, no doubt, Rowdy just got his seventh. Win in a row, and then, as Rowdy said, the air came out of the ball like it was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick on the sideline, except it would be the Bizarro World version because they would have probably still covered. But, yes, the Badgers, uh, what, scored like two buckets in the final like eight minutes of that game? What in the hell was going on there? Sorry, buddy. When they were, when they, what was it, a three-point game, 75-72, and the Badgers were inbounding it with four seconds left on the shot clock? Yeah. With about a minute left? Yeah. Why does that go to Nate Reavers? I have no idea. In what world? Was that when he did his little baby draft and stumbled he, around? Yeah, he fell. What was that? Nate Reavers started the game, like, avoiding contact and looking like he was just uh, charm and soft, which, you know. This year, you know, you could make that case. And then he kind of did a little better in the middle of the game. And then at the end of the game, when you needed him most, my God, did the Charmin soft return again. Badgers got to win. Brad, that was the Brad Davison game. Brad Davison was pouring his heart out onto that court. Uh, Jonathan Davis was pretty badass too, man. That dunk that he had when they did that little play with him, uh, the inbounds, and he came running down the top uh, of the key and then just flushed it, that was badass. Jonathan Davis is sick. Uh, but Aleem Ford hitting his three-pointers, that was awesome to see. You know, he finished with 17 points leading the way. Brad Davison had 15. Uh, Johnny Davis, I'm sorry, Jonathan Davis had 10 points. Wisconsin Rowdy was up 66-48 to 48 when he threw down that monster one-handed jam. Uh, in fact, I think it sounds like like this right here. It's necessarily always the amount. It's the time with which they occur. Oh! The freshman Jonathan Davis showing the athleticism. Right. Rowdy, with that at that point right there, the Badgers are up, like I said, 66 to 48 with eight minutes and 49 seconds left. 66 to 48. It was at that moment when I said to myself, Nelly got another win. He got it done in the razor's edge. Boy, was I wrong. As the Badgers over that next eight minutes did 
what you just said, they're out of the ball. They did diddly-poo. They literally played not to lose. It was the most frustrating eight minutes. And that's exactly why they nearly lost. It was the most frustrating eight minutes. Uh, It was just a microcosm of the season, actually. You you break that game down into four quarters, the first 10 minutes of the first half, second 10 minutes of the uh, first half, and so on, Mm -hmm. they really only played good for half the game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Let's see here. The Badgers, after hitting seven of their 13 three-pointers in the second half against ILS Sunday, the Badgers came out and hit 12 of their 23 attempts against the Nittany Lions. Now, Aleem Ford, career-high five threes. That was nice, including one at the end of the first half to help Wisconsin take a 10-point lead. Reavers, who hadn't hit a three-pointer since February 14th, Valentine's Day, had two before halftime. He was he, His play was so... That's the microcosm of his season. Wisconsin, dude, Wisconsin... As they were going on, shot 46.3% for the game. Okay, the second straight outing where they've been above 46%. All right, cool. Uh, largely good at the ball, turning it over just eight times. 18 assists. That was nice. Tied for the most against Big Ten teams this season. Dimitri Trice looking good at assists. The Badgers, Rowdy, did diddly poo in the final eight. I don't even know how to describe. How, it's a microcosm of the season. I don't even know how to describe what happened, though. It was, is it luck? Is it? I mean, they, they, they got the points, so like they didn't luck their way into 75 points, but I think they lucked their way into the win at the end there. If you're the Badgers, you don't ask how, you just ask how many. But if you're looking as a fan or you know trying to dissect it or as a gambler, you're like, dude, that was just atrocious at the end of that game. Yeah, they allowed 48 points in the second half to the Penn State Nittany Lions. It was atrocious. Sam Sessions was getting to the hoop at will. Yeah. That, not only did they three take in a row. not only did they take the air out of the basketball the last 10 minutes, but they stopped playing good defense for 9 out of those last 10 minutes. Yes, yeah, Sessoms would what? He drove 3 times in a row and he did that like uh that that kind scoop. of that scoop. It was like a longer away from the basket a little bit, but it was pretty. He did that 3 I think it was 3 times in a row. I know it's two for sure. I think it was 3 times in a row though where I'm like, are you guys even going to try to stop this? Like, are you going to play a little defense? And then on offense at the end, you know, five minutes, 13 seconds left. Badgers led by 16 points. 43 points in the second half. They scored just two in the final five minutes and 13 seconds of that game. It was, uh, wow, it was alarming. Because I thought, I think we all thought they were going to roll. Badgers were dominating. See, I I never I never count my chickens before they hatch. Like Zach, our sports director, tried to tweet at me just because I know I've watched this Badger team all season. But I was feeling very confident. I'll oh tell you yeah, that. for sure. I mean, they look they look good. That's the thing. They look good. They were shooting good. I just I just can't believe that that Sessions went to pass the basketball. I on know. The last shot. I couldn't believe it either. He really screwed the pooch. What a what a what a gritty win for Brad Davison though from the Iowa game of all of that controversy with Bobrowski and you know the the I don't want to say tarnished image but the image of Brad Davison tarnished in the eyes of Bobrowski I would say to him just pouring his heart and soul out of there uh, in Indianapolis was nice to see here's here's the final play though that Wheeler back to Sessoms five seconds. Sam Sessoms driving, tries to pass it, and has it taken away. Davison calls the timeout with three-tenths of a second He gets up, he pumps his fist, and he screams out. Dude, that was a bad, that was a badass play from Brad Davison. To have the wherewithal to dive, to catch the ball, and do the toe tap, like it's Aaron Rodgers passing to Jordy Nelson, the toe tap, call the timeout, and get it done to save the win for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team. 
that was that was the Brad Davison game. Brad Davison was pretty badass in that game. Uh, Aleem Ford as well. Other than that, though, I mean, Trice, Trice played well. He had the assists. Nate, Reaver, Nate Reavers and that game as a whole was a microcosm of the season. You start out, uh, I guess you got to differentiate it. The Badgers start out how they start out, and then they it's the second half, and then they finish just, just poorly. But Nate Reavers, Rowdy, he starts the game, looks soft as Charmin, gets benched, Comes back in, does some good stuff, and then at the end, what the hell was that inbound to Nate Reavers when he was like a baby giraffe out there losing? It's like when a fawn's born, like a giraffe is born. They don't even have their legs to him, you know, like a calf. What was that? I don't even know. I don't know how to feel about this game. I know you're unhappy about it. Of course I'm unhappy about it. I don't know how to feel about this game. Looking looking ahead to the Iowa game, they're going to play Iowa, a team that's now beat them twice. Wieskamp is doubtful. The shooter for Iowa is doubtful. But do you have confidence that they're going to come in and play well against Iowa? Especially after what you just watched? I mean, I've I've watched them all season. I've watched the Badgers all season. I don't have confidence of them stringing together a full, complete game. I don't. Before, Before this game against Penn State, going into the Penn State game, I felt like with how they played in the second half against Iowa, with the Greg Gard comments after the game, and with how they seem to be all hyped going into this Penn State game, I thought they would roll Penn State, and then I thought they would have an extremely competitive game where they have a chance to beat Iowa. After watching that last night, I don't think they beat Iowa. Well, I mean, I was the better team, but it's um, could they do it? Sure. What do the trends and odds? What are the? What, did you find the line? Is yeah, it's line four. I was favored by four. So I mean, I was the better team. Clearly, Wisconsin. <laughs> The game last night was so confusing because they looked so good, but then they also looked so bad. It was the highs and the lows. Well, they played extremely well for, if you break, like I said, if you break it into four quarters, they played extremely well the second and third quarter, the last 10 minutes of the first half and the first 10 minutes of the second half. Yeah, I got I to gotta find a, figure out a Twitter poll here. I got to figure out like how what the vibe is of this game. It's, it's left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But then there's the camp saying like, hey, man, it's win or go home. They found a way to win. They did it. Here's the thing. The Badgers scored more points than Penn State. The Badgers had 75 points. Penn State had 74. Guess who's going home? Penn State. Guess who's staying? Your Wisconsin Badgers. Was it pretty? No. God, it got real ugly at the end. They found a way to win, but does it give me confidence against Iowa? No. Not really. Yeah, especially when you're watching the post game and you see the Penn State coach Talking about how uh, he just hopes the team can get some extra games down the stretch. A.K.A. I hope we get invited to the NIT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt bad for Sessoms. He was out there, you know, he pouring his heart and soul out on the court. Uh, have no idea, to your point, Rowdy, of why he tried to pass the ball at the end there. Yeah, with how easily he was getting to the hoop. Yeah. Uh, why he went. Because you could tell it, it almost looked like he didn't want the last shot at the very end. No, I mean, he, he coughed it up. He had 18 points. He was hitting 48.3% for the game. Seven for twenty from beyond the arc, you know, and he was at will driving to the basket and getting those layups. Uh, let's see here, our guy B Rail on Twitch says Wisconsin put Penn State in the double bonus with seven minutes left. Do you think that would do anything that had anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean that's rare for Wisconsin to do. I think it was actually eight minutes that uh, they were in the double bonus. Um, you know, Wisconsin has some things. To work. There was some positives out of that game, but down the stretch, when you want your team to be at the best, they they stunk. They stunk. Well, it doesn't help when you take the air out of the basketball with 10 minutes left and you got out-rebounded again. Yeah. I mean, they won. They won, but it wasn't pretty, but they won. Brad, 
Got to give the credit to Brad Davis and that the grit uh, that he showed there in that game was awesome. Um, I have comments from Brad Davison coming up. Comments from Malim Ford. Comments from Greg Gard as well. Well, I mean, we'll we'll hear from the guys. But it was a bizarre, interesting, scratch your head game. That's I mean, that's the Badger season. That's just what it is. Who is refing tonight's game for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team against the Iowa Hawkeyes? Someone tell me. I secretly want it to be Bobrowski. Well, it's not a secret anymore. I want it to be Bobrowski. I want to see it happen. But part of me also doesn't. We say good morning to RJ. Morning. Hey, Arj, what's up? You said Bobrowski, they not. They can't let him ref tonight. I don't see how the Big Ten can let that happen after what transpired in Iowa well, City. What if the other guys, the crews, that pull the short end of the stick here, and they're like, they got to do the early games, and Bo's like, well, I did the early games yesterday. I like to do the late game on Friday. I don't know how he sounds, but maybe it's like that. that probably just like that. <laughs> he actually doesn't talk. He just blows a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> it's Morris Code and a whistle, the short and long blows. <laughs> oh, he said, he he said he's reffing at eight tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, RJ, I, uh, Nelly and I obviously were trying to uh, decipher what happened last night. It was uh, kind of a microcosm of the season for the Wisconsin Badgers. They they won. Yeah, a lot of people act like they didn't win, but they won. They did score one more point than the Nittany Lions, therefore they won the game. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to Brad Davison because the the grit and the just the toe tap with the catch and the timeout it was awesome. It was a Brad Davison game and a lean forward as well. What was what's your take on the game? I you guys have already touched on it. Well, you I mean, touch it now. Touch it, RJ. Ugh. Touch it. Um, touch it. You had sorry. the game one. And you were going away with it. It's creepy, sorry. Yeah, it was. Touch it. No, I'm done now. All right, so <laughs> you had the game one up, you know. And then all of a sudden you went into your offense just to run the clock out. You weren't looking for points. Um, You took bad shots again. You just were around the perimeter which the entire season we've seen does not work. And that was tough. You're it's not like the players just decided to do it and Greg Gard was yelling at him to keep it going. I mean, you had to have gone into a huddle and said, "We're up 18, let's just Well, there were let's times just try to win this one. There were times where they were dribbling it around on, you know, top of the key. And then all of a sudden, say they would throw it to like a, a side or something, and a guy would have an open shot or a lane where they could have drove, mm-hmm. and they just didn't. And they yeah. passed it back out. There was exactly. one point. There was it's, one point they, they had easy buckets. There was one yeah. point in the broadcast uh, when they were really struggling to get a basket. It's probably like uh, I don't know. There's probably like four minutes left. They're like, "Look at this, Demetri Trice is on an island. He can't even get anything going, and he's at the, like the top right hand of the key. Nobody's moving, and no one. Everyone else was on the other side of the basket, just standing there watching Demetri Trice." dribble and I'm like well this is going to end in failure and what happened they missed the damn shot yeah. because it was this let Demetri Trice try to create some space to play hero ball while everyone else just stands with their thumbs up their butts like oh Demetri Trice is 13 mile conference let's watch him do his thing I mean who who cares if you're up 18 it, what's the worst that's going to happen if you keep putting points on the board well the, the, you win here's how they got to 18 more points than one. by running their offense Looking smooth, looking good, hitting shots, passing the ball, spacing the floor, spacing the floor, and playing their role, their their roles, their game, their offense. And then they're like, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do: the exact opposite of everything that got us up to 16 points at this time." Yeah, and are there unwritten rules of college basketball? 
It's like, yeah, can you where not? You, where you can't beat some of them by 25? Or maybe it's just Wisconsin maybe. basketball. Yeah. All right, we're up right now, guys. But I got to make everybody feel good. I'm starting to feel a little bad that we're up this much. Let's let's bring it down a little bit to make sure that we can uh, not hurt their feelings as as much. Yeah, it, it, it's so bizarre. Well, like, there was there was a time where they had, I believe it was Trice, up on the top of the key, and um, Potter was on the wing, and they ran a little action, and Potter had a wide open three. Yeah, and he passed and it. And then yeah. he passed it up. Uh, yeah. yeah, right there. I was like, what are you doing? And there and it wasn't and it wasn't like there was still 15, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. It was like five there seconds. There was like 10, 8 seconds left. Then he passed it back to Trice, and then Trice dribbled around until there was like yeah. two seconds left and jacked up a three. Well, yeah. And you saw some some of the time when Anderson was running point. He had the they gave him the lane. Oh yeah. And he would drive in to draw people in, and he nobody would crash. Yeah. But he'd he he had it in his mind to stop and find somebody because somebody else was going to be open. It's such and a what's the point game. of passing up like in the Potter situation? What's the point of passing up an open three with ten seconds left just to take a crappy shot with two seconds? Ex- left? Exactly, it's it's mind boggling. Eight seconds means nothing. It's mind boggling. I mean, you can even get shots off with zero seconds on the clock. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's it it boggles the mind of you know they won. Here's the thing though, they won. They won. All have comments coming up here. Uh, at seven o'clock, I just got a tweet from our guy Pat Sports Pat here in the building. Sports Pat. Pat, I don't know if you know this or not, but you will now be referred to as if you're listening. I assume you are as Sports Pat here on these airwaves. Sports. Even there's one Pat in this building. Nope, oh, two. There's, there's two. That's why he's Sports Pat. Sorry. That's there's why two. Sports Pat tweets me. He says, "Free money alert." Free money alert. I added the sirens. He says, "Iowa minus four. Free money alert. I hear you. Hashtag on Wisconsin. <laughs> Speaking of money, I had to file a police report last night. Oh, uh, what was the what'd you file? I had money stolen from me last <laughs> night. <laughs> Hands of Wisconsin Badgers. Speaking of that, your wallet was missing. At least twenty dollars of it. Speaking of that, we'll come <laughs> back. Got they returned the IDs and the, the credit cards. <laughs> All right, so uh, it was a roller coaster ride for the Wisconsin Badgers last night. It was. Um, at one point, I was actually, believe it or not, really enjoying watching the Badgers play. Uh-uh. Yeah, at one point in the game, I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of fun to watch. Like, I think they've exercised the demons. <laughs> and at halftime, I mean, Aleem Ford hit that three and a half, and you're like, damn, Aleem Ford is balling. Dude is just out there just balling on him. And I was trying to, like, describe, but I saw some other people like, man, this, this Wisconsin basketball team is such a mystery. It's such, like, a, a weird ride. I don't even know how to describe of what this team is. And I was thinking to myself, how would I describe Wisconsin basketball? And then I thought of Happy Gilmore, and I thought of this. A lot of pressure. you got to rise above it. Mm-hmm. you got to harness in the good energy, block out the bad. Harness, energy, block, bad. Mm-hmm. Feel the flow, Happy. Feel it. This is it's what I was circular. thinking. It's like a carousel. You pay the quarter, you get on the horse. It goes up <laughs> and down and around. Circular, circle, with the music, the flow, all good things. So that's what I was feeling. Like, have them like all good things. I'm like, they're blocking out the bad energy and harnessing in the good. Mm-hmm. And then the second half happened. And that's Happy Gilmore screaming. Yeah. <laughs> that's Piece where. Piece of monkey. Piece of monkey poop. You know. He says the S word. I can't th- say it. In thinking back and watching the game, the Badgers won by a no call shot clock violation with a putback. Yeah, because that was a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had that not counted, you lose by one. I mean, when Nate Reavers felt got the inbound and then fell down and traveled at the 
simultaneously. That's the exact moment I knew the bet was dead. <laughs> Same. I thought to myself, oh, my God, they're going to lose. I'm like, they're screwed. Well, they won. Here, That's the thing. They won. And I would say you to find a positive, Aleem Ford was crushing it from beyond the arc. Rushed it. And Brad Davison was an absolute beast. Beast. Brad Davison is – that was the Brad Davison game. And I have comments here from Brad Davison. That that moment at the end, when the I, for, when Sessoms passed the ball, I have no idea why he would do that. Because as Rowdy pointed out, he was driving at will, scoring at will. When he passed the ball up with that second left, I'm like, what? What the hell are you doing? And then Brad Davison with the toe tap, grabbed the ball, call timeout was incredible. Here is uh, Brad Davison on that moment because it was pretty it was pretty wild, dude. You know, that time of the game, you just got to go get it and do everything that you can to try to secure it. So, you know, I guess it's, I've played a lot of good basketball games in my career, so I guess just the instincts of trying to do everything I can to win. And I knew we had two timeouts left, so I wanted to make sure that I could grab the ball and gain possession and not jump in the air and call timeout, make sure I was calling timeout with my feet on the ground. Yeah, that's kind of what was going through my mind really, really quickly, though. It was. That was the that was the best, obviously. I mean, one of them game. That was the best play of the game. <laughs> it was, It was. you were like, what the hell just happened? Badgers win. It was, I don't even know how to describe it besides, wow. Here's more from Davidson and them holding on late for the win. You got to play 40 minutes and then the, Last five to six minutes, they attacked some areas on our defense that we um, didn't make the adjustments quick enough, but Nate made a great play at the end, and we adjusted and got the last stop. So you know what? In this league, in this time of year, a win's a win, and we're going to move on and move, look forward, and we're excited for our opponent tomorrow. I mean, he is right. A win is a win. Like, if they were to lose, they're done. Yeah. I guess they would have stayed in Indy and waited for, uh, you know, March Madness. Right. But he's right. A win is a win. They didn't lose the game. Did not lose. Felt like it, but they didn't. Nah, it really didn't feel like it. You just... I mean, to some people, all I can think of is the last. Like loss all I can think of the last eight minutes of just how terrible it was. Yeah, and I don't know if it was the fact that they really made any adjustments. It was the fact that they just started playing again. They just shut it down. Yeah. Oh, they made With, an adjustment, Rowdy. They made an adjustment not to do anything. Well, it, it, and it's another thing when you were. I mean, RJ, I said a tough scene, and you were like, well, for the last, I think it was around the eight minute mark. You're like, they're playing not to lose. Yeah. That was on the eight-minute mark. But you watch that, and you see the kind of shots they were putting up, and you we we saw it from the beginning of the game. The speed of Penn State allowed Penn State to not let Wisconsin get set in their defense. When they were making shots and running their offense like it should be run, they went on a heck of a run and put a great amount of distance between themselves and Penn State. Yeah. Then, yeah, as soon as they you know, throttled down and said, yeah, we got this. Let's just throw the ball around, use the clock, limit their possessions, and we're not even going to try to score because we got a lead. Yeah. Um, okay, here's the thing I'm trying to figure out is why and how, right? Right, Rowdy? Right, Nelly? Or uh, yeah. RJ? Why and how? Well, I think it's obvious. Like, you stopped playing your offense. No, you said they, what, deflated the ball. They took the air out of the ball. Yeah, they they gave up opportunities where they had easier shots or pass to the basket just to kill another 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Um. Here's here. We'll hear from Gardo right here. He says uh, he talks about what happened to allow Penn State to come back. I thought we got too tentative uh, against their pressure. It made us stand around, took us some of our aggressiveness away in terms of playing in a rhythm. And we also had some opportunities to convert plays against it when we had them extended. We had a few guys that had the ball in tight and we didn't convert, didn't finish plays off. When we had it tight to the rim, obviously missed a couple free throws there that make it more interesting. And we also fouled too much. I mean... Yes. Here is more from Gardo saying they got it done at both ends when it counted. Though. Well, we got to the free throw line a lot in the first half. 
I thought that was good. I, I didn't think we were as good with it second half, but we, we were making some threes. So that, that negates the ability to make plays in the paint or, or takes away your, obviously your options to get fouled, but rhythm was good. Again, you know, the last couple of games that have been good, it was just a matter of, you know, defensively being a little bit better. The rhythm was good from what about 10 minutes into the first half. And then before eight minutes into the second half or eight minutes left of the second half. And, and the weird thing is how the defense got better when the offense was at its peak. Running the offense? Yeah. And not just letting Trice just Crazy be on an that island. Crazy for Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Gardo does talk here about... Uh, the final play was incredible, though, from Brad Davison. I mean, that was that was pretty exciting. Yeah. It, it got me pretty ramped up. It's hard to sleep after that. I found a way, though. Uh, here <laughs> is more from... I mean, that 4 a.m. comes quick. Yeah, here is more from Greg Gard on the final play from Reavers kind of tipping it and then Davison saving it. Yeah, that was a heck of an awareness by him. And obviously, you know, was able to get a foot down or get feet down there. And, and uh, like you said, the awareness to call the timeout. So great play by him. Terrific block by Nate. And then obviously, uh, Aleem executed the long pass there at the end to be able to, to melt the 0.8 seconds that was left. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, like the first thing I thought of was you can't do that anymore. Because from the angle, you saw the initial play. Mm-hmm. Uh he was in the air. You couldn't see his mouth. Yeah, so, you have no idea because we never actually got a replay where you could hear what was being right. said while could, where he was at. But they, could you they, hear him say timeout? You could hear him say timeout as he's like falling down. Right? I, I, I thought not. I could hear him say timeout, I never, timeout. I never heard a replay but where you could hear him. They, they did show the angle it was in my mind where then. he does have a foot down, two hands on the ball, and he just starts yelling yeah. timeout. So, I remember the ref pointing at him like, yeah. timeout. Here, like, I have so the clip. He got it in. I have the clip right here. Let's see if we can hear it. So here's uh, the final play, or the second to last one, because then Aleem Ford inbounds, inbounds and they win. Yeah. So here is Davison, you know, getting after it. Now Wheeler back to Sessoms. Five seconds. Sam Sessoms driving, tries to pass it, and has it taken away. There yeah, you can hear it. Timeout, timeout. Calls the timeout with three-tenths of a second remaining. I think and then he fist pumps during he the game, I might have been yelling. Yeah, you probably screaming at the TV. So like, I couldn't hear ah! that. <laughs> I'm sure Rowdy is screaming at the TV, too. The cover! No! And, but then every replay they show is all slow-mo with no sound. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. And then they show the angle from behind the ref. Yeah, you can hear and, it right, right there. Five seconds. Sam Sessoms driving, tries to pass it, and has it taken away. Yeah, time Davison and the ref points at Davis and he points to the bench. The Dodgers bench. The, the one thing I didn't understand then, because like it didn't, still didn't process with me that the timeout was actually called. Yeah. Penn State's coach is like uh, uh, at the free throw. Yeah, line. he's already on, like halfway like, off like, the court. I don't think you can even it's be like, there yo, during dude, a timeout. Uh, let's see our guy on Twitch Four Badgers sixty seven says they play like the Packers, not to win, just hope not to lose. Well, they they start out with their foot on the gas. And All then, gas, no effing break. And, and then, then they start hitting that break pretty hard. And then what's Matt LaFleur do, Rowdy? Hits the break. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers hanging on by the skin of their teeth to beat the Penn State Nittany Lions. And uh, I did have this this story, and I, I saw it yesterday, and I said to myself, if the Badgers lose, because I know my guy Nelly over here took the Badgers by five and a half um, on you know the razor's edge. And I said, if the Badgers, God forbid, lose or don't cover the bet, I'm going to ask Rowdy if he's related to this guy. <laughs> so, so Rowdy, you are, and rightfully so. I mean, you lost the bet. You had, you're going for seven in a row, also five in a row betting on Wisconsin basketball. 
but you are rather angry today, correct? Yeah, because it didn't have to happen like this. Correct. Badgers were up by like 16 <laughs> at one like point. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. Like Not I was like telling this. a buddy last night when we were texting back and forth after the game, I go, losing a game like this, I would rather the Badgers just have gotten destroyed because I know I was on the wrong side. Yeah. Not being up by 18 and then all of a sudden blowing the lead and winning by a point. Well, as the, the Badgers only scored two points in the final five minutes plus change, as the leads are dwindling and dwindling, dwindling, were you going through the scenarios where they possibly could cover? I, I was with about a minute left. I'm like, well, if they follow here, this, that. When that. they were up by three, when they were inbounding with four seconds left, the Nate Reavers fall over. What was that, by the way? Uh, when I saw, when I was sitting there, m- my thoughts were maybe they get an easy layup here or they hit a three and they go back up five or six, and then Penn State goes down the court, so misses a shot, and then they start following, and yeah. the Badgers are a good free-throw shooting team, and we end up winning by five, six, seven, See, I was doing that whatever. too, like going through the yeah. scenarios. But right when Baby Reavers falls... It was over. Yeah, you're like, oh, God. The only chance you had was getting to overtime. What was that, by the way? You catch the ball, and then all of a sudden, you like a baby giraffe. Your legs are just like, travel. Watch, watch the guy behind him. Shoved him, RJ? He hipped in a little bit. There was there was the tiniest bit of... Do you think he did it because he knew Reavers was kind of soft? Probably. <laughs> he also did it because watch it. He... He hipped in, but it wasn't like a full-on hip. It was kind of like a little, you know, like a little, See, check, hey. little love check. If this was like a guy that had been a, a big man for Wisconsin that is playing pretty well, maybe I'd believe what you're selling me here, RJ. <laughs> but when I see Nate Reavers on the floor every single game, multiple times per game. Shying away from contact. Pfft, a little bit of a hip. They I don't even, even did it on the broadcast. Remember when Reavers like went to the bench right away, and then Micah Potter went in there and he started like bodying the yeah. other big boy. They're like, "Well, here's what here's what Reavers did. He shied away from the contact and did a fadeaway and missed. And here's Micah Potter putting his shoulder down, creating some space and getting to the rack." Uh, the other thing I like, I don't pretend to know all the rules that happened in the the defensive cylinder there, but how is it possible that when you're in that cylinder as a defender? You can arm bar somebody, <laughs> but yet if you're not in it by like an inch, you can't because yeah, that's you can what ar- happened RJ, on Tyler you Wall's can arm bar because it's legal. You just can't hook. All right. So <laughs> yeah. we got, we got the phone lines blowing up here. I'll get to and them. Hold. And yeah, hold. I mean, Wall got the hook on there. Yeah, but the before that, like the guy even said, he goes, you look at that. Perfect. He knew where he was. You can use the arm bar when you're inside <laughs> the, arm of the, bar. the cylinder. I'm like. That makes no sense. How can you not use it anywhere else on right. the court? All right, got the phone lines blowing up. But the reason why I brought all this up here, we'll we'll dive back into this. Is Rowdy? I mean, we got off on a tangent, but I was asking Rowdy how angry he is. Obviously, angry because he lost the bet. He was going for seven in a row and five in a row on Wisconsin basketball. I saw this story yesterday that this guy named Parlay Pats faces up to five years <laughs> in federal prison because he was charged with sending multiple violent threats to professional and collegiate players, in some cases their families too, in relation to his lost bets across sports. They see these threats were violent in nature and often reference breaking into their homes and uh, and, not, and coming after them. Uh, let's see here. Breaking into their homes. It's, and beheading them, it says. That's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Pretty far. Yeah, that's very far. Well, the previous reported threats were made to players on the Orioles, the Nationals, the Padres, the Braves, the Athletics, the Indians, the Royals, the New England Patriots, and even the Swedish side in the Women's World Cup. <laughs> what? The plea directly relates to him making it to raise players. I feel like this guy needs to call the gambling addiction hotline. When, when did this take place? Last like, year. 
This is when the charges came up. Okay. Uh, 2019, Pat's message to player from the University of Arizona. You worthless bleep, bleep, bleep. You cost oh. me over 100000 tonight. Sad. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy responded back, says, dude, d- gambling is a dangerous habit. You're addicted. Get some help. That was the Arizona guy? Yeah. To hey, which, good for that guy. To which Pat's <laughs> responded, I'm doing just fine. Over $1 million this month. Uh, and you're upset about losing a hundred thousand. So Pat's caught the eye of the gambling world in November 2019. Least, I'm gonna 10%. go. Ahead. I am gonna go ahead and say that's a lie. Then after making over six hundred thousand in two bets on an eighteen hundred fifteen leg parlay and seven thousand on a thirteen that's leg why they parlay, call parlay Pat. I so, feel like if you're betting on fifteen leg parlays, you're just not very smart in general. This guy or you just don't care. Uh, well, on him, I don't think this guy's <laughs> not very smart, Rowdy, because he's threatening Orioles, Nationals, Padres, Braves, Athletics, Indians, Royals, New England Patriots, and the Swedish side of the Women's World Cup. And specifically, this one comes from the Rays. Now, in all fairness, though, <laughs> in all fairness, Baltimore Orioles. Their fans probably scream that at them during games, too, for how bad they've been. <laughs> this, so why are you betting on them? <laughs> yeah, that's a, maybe he's betting against them. And then they ended up winning. He's like, yeah! So this guy is going to federal prison for five years for going online to uh, disparage the name of many people that he bet on or against. And, uh, <laughs> dude, gets, while you're in the clink, how about this? You focus on correcting your addictions. Can he make bets in while in prison? I make bets on card games. And I think I mean, you got, if you got a guy on the outside, yeah. I don't see why not. All right, let's it's go like in rounders. He'll be uh, <laughs> so playing for cigarettes. This guy's called being unhinged. Real quick on this guy, Rowdy. You would never. I would never do this, RJ. I don't think I can't speak for you. You would never threaten anyone on no, social media. I, I'm in the camp of uh, don't tweet at any like. You like know, even the with, like with the, the recruiting, recruits, the, where that's like, the worst. This is where I'm going. Then you see all these guys. Oh, it's great ideas. Way to go! You're gonna love it here. Or you hear the guys. You're dumb. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You're dead to like, me. There's no reason to tweet at recruits. There's no reason to tweet at athletes. Guess what? If they erred, they know they erred. Now, Rowdy, you um. Uh, you do the most sports gambling here, I mean, by far, obviously. I mean, you have the Razor's Edge. In in this universe that Parlay Pats, who is now facing five years of federal prison for harassing and threatening people online, you would never stoop to this guy. <laughs> no, I've never tweeted. <laughs> never tweeted at anyone, any player, any team after a loss. <laughs> I've definitely yelled into abyss, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, we all yell into the abyss. It's just this guy took it to the next level. I'm glad the players were responding to him, dude. It's like, dude, you um, are addicted. Gambling is a dangerous habit. Stop it. Get some help. Uh, to which Pat's then responded, I'm doing just fine. I made over $1 million last month. Well, now you're going to prison. <laughs> Yesterday afternoon, uh, the Brewers, again, pretty quiet with the sticks. They only have three hits as they lose to the Royals 4-2. to two. Uh, um, Orlando, or I'm sorry, Avi Garcia, he got what? Uh, he had a hit in RBI. Keston Hira continues to struggle, man. Two strikeouts. He is now batting .063. Oof-da. Uh, our guy Manny Pina, Manny Pineapple, he got a hit. He's been crushing in uh, Cactus League action. And outside of that, it's uh, pretty, obviously, pretty slim pickings. Jeez. It was uh, Garrett Mitchell. Garrett Mitchell's been doing pretty good, too. Yeah, Garrett Mitchell's been playing extremely well when he's had his, uh, his hit yesterday was just a piss missile to center. I, ooh, a piss missile. That... The word of the day right there, piss missile. I like that. Beat the center fielder over his head. Obviously a double. He also had a stolen base in that game. 
that kid looks to be the real deal. Obviously, he's not going to make the uh, Brewers roster. At least you wouldn't think so, being that this is his first Major League Baseball camp. Yeah, because he missed last year. Realistically, it's really his first time ever being around this type of level. They uh, they interviewed him, and I loved his interview. Sophia Minner interviewed him yesterday, and she asked him basically what it was like being up there and how how he was kind of like trying to stay within himself. And he basically was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just staying within myself. I'm, I'm a guy that likes to spray the ball around the field and uh, I'm not piss missiles. Yeah. I'm not going to try and hit the baseball out and hit it a mile every single time. I'm going to play within myself and uh, just pick up hits and hit the ball hard. Isn't that the best way to do it? Just play within your means. He's playing exactly like that. He's, he's shot the ball to both sides of the field. I mean, he's making good contact and he's playing extremely well. I, I'm, I want to, I'm, I'm questioning what's going to happen to him just because of the restricted minor league season yeah. that they're they're having. I yeah. know it's um obviously major league so baseball starts April 1st uh-huh. for the majority of teams and then you have the minor league AAA is playing was it 100 and Minor league AAA was playing a shortened it was, season. Wasn't it one thirty something? And then or you one, have low one forties. Low. You have A ball, double A that are playing even less games than that. So I, I'm just wondering what's going to happen and where they're going to place them because I can't imagine even with missing time. I just the kid's been playing so well. I feel like he's got to jump right to double A. He's been do- looking really good. Now who knows? But. Uh, yeah, Garrett Mitchell looking looking good. How about this? Um, no piss missiles were hit off of this guy. He was he was throwing his missiles of his own. I saw an awesome montage here uh, from Fastball Freddy on Twitter. Here, uh, just check out the sounds. Harder, um, to, to pitch. Great life on that fastball. One two, swing and a miss. One two, struck him out. Two two coming. Got him looking like mm-hmm. he did late in his career. Giants. Yep. Swing and a miss. Fastball Freddy just dealing on the mound, dude. Got him. Dude, listen to that last Harder. one. Listen to that last uh, one, Rowdy. Listen to that last one. Got him. It sounded like a gunshot of Fastball Freddy's uh, fastball rifled in there. Fastball Freddy in three and two-third innings struck out ten batters, including seven yesterday. There's some piss missiles, Rowdy. Fastball Freddy. Killing it. He uh, was wheeling and dealing, and Craig Council afterwards was talking about him again being in the starting rotation. Basketball Freddy was just in. He was dialed in yesterday. Honestly, outside of uh, Josh Lindblom, who gave up a bomb to Salvi Perez, yeah, uh, the Brewers pitching looked pretty good. Boxberger looked good in his last inning. His changeup looked pretty nasty. Obviously, Freddie Peralta looked good. He was spotting his pitches extremely well. His slider looked good. But that's the biggest thing for Peralta, right? It's been consistency. Yeah, his fastball is is is, is exactly what he is. Fastball Freddie. He always throws a fastball. It's He's got to get – now, what was he? He was watching Trevor Bauer, and he's like, I'm going to change my slider in, in honor of, like, you know, more in line with Trevor Bauer's. But how many times have he changed his slider? How many times have he tried to find another pitch? Well, for Freddie Peralta, it all comes down to being able to throw his off-speed pitches for strikes. And when he can do that, it makes him that much better. And we haven't – seen Freddie Peralta be able to do that pretty much his whole career. He's been inconsistent with it. So we'll see at times when he comes in, you know, out of the bullpen and he goes two innings and strikes out four or five guys and he looks amazing. And then you'll have times where he really just isn't finding any of his pitches and 
it's back to being 75% fastballs and he gets hit hard. It's It comes down for Freddie Peralta just being consistent. So a couple If he of these, can be consistent, he'll be good. A couple of these strikeouts here in this montage I'm watching is his slider, and it looks filthy. He has just – he has got guys buckled at the – he is just blowing guys away uh, with the fastball right there. But the slider, too, has that's got some nasty on it. Look at that. But I feel like that's nothing we haven't seen from him before. We just got to. We just got to be consistent. He just needs to do it more. And but that's the difference between once you get up to these. Because we're talking about Garrett Mitchell, right? We were just talking about him. How who who knows where we're going to place him, mm-hmm. or where the Brewers are going to place him because he hasn't played. But then there's the shortened minor league system. Should he be in Low A? Should he be in Double A? He's playing extremely well. Obviously, they're not going to keep him in Major League camp, especially with the outfield that they currently have assembled. <laughs> but uh, like Freddie Peralta, that's a guy that's showing he's got a a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference between guys in double A and major league baseball isn't necessarily talent. It's consistency. It's consistency. Yeah. And fastball Freddie needs that. Hopefully you can find it. All right. So Rowdy, are you going to throw down some baseball future bets here uh, in Iowa? Yeah. I was thinking about uh, making a trip down this weekend just because I uh, have some plans the next couple weekends. And yeah. uh, then all of a sudden, before you know it, the start of the season. Speaking of plans on the weekend, before we dive into some baseball here, get our guy Raphael on. Go to our website, madcitysportszone.com, and you uh, just click right there in the middle. It says Simulator Golf Outing, or if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the logo. It says M-I-G-C, and that M-I-G-C stands for Madison Indoor Golf Center. And on that, you can just click on it, right? And on Saturday, March 27th, we are going to the Madison Indoor Golf Center for four hours of pure fun. From noon till 4 p.m., we rented out all the simulators. And for just 50 bucks, you'll get all of that unlimited fun from noon to 4. Now, normally, if you were to go by your lonesome or without us, right, it would be $30 for one hour. We have four hours for 50 bucks. Hell right. So grab some friends. Go sign up at MadCitySportsZone.com. March 27th spots are filling up fast. We're over halfway full. And you're going to get premier simulator golf. We're going to have prizes. We're going to have raffles. We're going to have uh, they got a full menu there. They got a full bar. They apparently have the best Bloody Mary around. And we're going to have just a damn good time. Yeah. We've got, uh, well, one, some of the gift cards that we're going to be giving away are for Madison area restaurants. Another one is actually John the owner of Madison Indoor Golf Center is going to give away some gift cards to the golf center. So you can go back, maybe save them for next winter. Or if, uh, you know, the weather isn't so kind to us in April, like another snowstorm, maybe boom, there's your weekend for another uh, simulator. Booyashika. So there you go. Go get her going. MadCitySportsZone.com. Going to be a damn good time. All right, Rowdy. uh, Baseball futures here. Do you see a scenario? Would you go plop down some of your hard-earned money on the Milwaukee Brewers taking the uh, NL Central? Or are you still on the Cardinals vibe? I still think the the Cardinals should be the the favorite in the division, but I feel like if you're getting plus money from whether you're a Brewer fan, a Cubs fan, or a Red fan, do might it. Might as well take it. I mean, the Central is wide open this year. Do you have the odds up by chance still? I do not. But last time I checked, the Brewers were about three fifty. But I can bring that up here in a second. But the Brewers. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far in spring. I know it's only been about two, two and a half weeks, but I like what I see so far from the Brewers. Now, it's not all rainbows and sunshine, no, right? Never They've is. had some bad games where they haven't done a whole lot. Keston here outside of his first home run hasn't really performed like you would like to see, but 
you take it for a grain of salt. It's summer. He's learning a new position or it's spring. He's learning a new position. Yeah. You got guys working on new pitches. They interviewed Josh Lindblom after he struck out six guys. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Gave up four. What was it? Four runs, but three of it was from a home run. And he was talking to Sophia how, yeah, I'm working on controlling more of my off speed pitches. You know, I, I feel comfortable with where I'm at there. Obviously I don't want to give up a home run, but, uh, I feel confident where I'm at. Right. I honestly don't really feel too bad about anyone right now on the roster. From what I've seen so far, the only guys that I'm a little bit worried about through two and a half weeks, it's got to be Eric Lauer because I thought he was going to pitch much better from that, and Keston Hero. Keston Hero, yeah, totally. Baseball, been better, better good to us. Milwaukee Brewers, past two games, struggling with the sticks a little bit. But, man, that pitching looking pretty good yesterday despite, you know, uh, the loss 4-2. to two. You know, Josh Lindblom, I know he gave up four earned runs, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're figuring it out. Freddie Peralta looked good. Uh, this Milner guy came in good in Boxberger, uh, two strikeouts to finish the game off. Got the Cubs today. So speaking of the Cubs, we said Raphael. Did Raphael seriously say the Cubs are going to lose more than the Pirates? Yeah, I think he definitely was drinking this uh, morning. He had to have been drinking. There's no. I will. I will. I would bet anything right now that the Pirates will finish last in the NL Central. Well, he said that his Cubbies were going to trade away all their good players. Now, even if they did that, most likely they're going to trade all their good players away right around the month of July. Mm-hmm. That still means that they played half a season with those said good players. Pittsburgh doesn't have good players. They're playing a full season with crap players. So I will still take a half season with good players, even if they traded everybody for the Cubs to win more games than Pittsburgh. Yes. I uh okay, so at the top there, you're looking at future bets, right? Talk some baseball. It goes Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. Yes. Okay. Well, depending on where you look, I know there's been some places that have had the Reds and the, the Brewers flip for second or third. How far away are the Brewers and the odds to the Cardinals? In, uh, in in like my opinion, yeah, in your opinion, like if I think the Brewers have a good shot at winning the NL Central, yeah, so there's think, value there. I think definitely when you look at the Brewers, they have a lot of upside, and I think with the the Cardinals being the favorite when it comes to looking at odds, they have more downside because the the uh, Cardinals pitching is a big question mark. Obviously, if the guys that they have in the field play up to their names and the back of their baseball card, as everyone likes to say, they're going to be good. They're going to be able to hit the baseball. Yeah. But a lot of that pitching is unproven. Or you're asking guys to continue to have good seasons, especially when they're getting older. I mean, they they have a lot of question marks. I don't know if their bullpen's going to be any good. It's just, it's it's a lot. Of, but that's the thing. That's, that's why, I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's why, that's why there's the game. pretty much value on any team not not the St. Louis Cardinals that are second, third, or fourth in the Central because I think the Central's that wide open. And don't bother betting on the Pirates either. That's, 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 that's not going to happen. All right, so the Brewers have a very legitimate shot at winning the NL Central. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, you look at the Brewers, or the Brewers, you look at the St. Louis Cardinals' uh, starting rotation, you have Jack Flaherty, okay, he's good. But then you have a lot of question marks after that. Adam Wainwright's nearly 40 years old. Yeah, he's up there. Carlos Martinez used to be a stud. Then he's had some injuries. They used him as a closer and a relief pitcher. He's bounced around between bullpen and starting. Hasn't really been successful before all the injuries. That's another guy that's in that rotation. Miles Michaelis. That's a guy that's been inconsistent. He's been really good one year, and he wasn't that great another year. Uh, Kim. He's a guy that's shown some promise. He's a South Korean pitcher. 
So I mean, they have a lot of question marks okay. behind Flaherty. There's their rotation. Could you make the argument that the Brewers have a better starting rotation? Now, right now, uh, on MLB.com for the Brewers roster, obviously they're going to whittle it down. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Adrian Hauser, Josh Lindblom, Brett Anderson, Eric Lauer, and they are talking yesterday, uh, Craig Council saying about fastball Freddy, Freddy Peralta being in that starting rotation. Yeah. Could, could I you think make the, the argument yeah, that the Brewers have a better rotation? Yeah, easily, because... I just talked about the Cardinals have Jack Flaherty and then a bunch of question marks with guys that have had good seasons. Like Miles Michaelis has been good. Kim has showed promise. Adam Wainwright was good, but he's also almost 40 years old. Yeah, he's falling off. Carlos Martinez, I don't think, is going to be a whole lot. But what you said that the Brewers have is you listed about seven or eight guys that can start. Yeah. You don't necessarily need all five of them to be lights out because you have eight options. Yeah, and they have these outgetters too, right? They don't. I mean, if you even go starting pitcher, outgetters. Brandon Woodruff, I know he got a little roughed up. You know, the first inning against the Angels, he struck out Mike Trout, and then he looked damn good because he went one, two, three. But then he gave a back-to-back check. So it was his first time back. Uh, had a little back stiffness. Okay, but then Corbin Burns, he was wasn't he a, a third of an inning away from being a Cy Young candidate? Yeah, and he's looked phenomenal. He might even have looked better so far in his first couple spring training outings than he did last year. And like you said, he was two outs away from being a spring or a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. Adrian Hauser? Adrian Hauser, he's been so-so. But again, if you have Brandon Lindbergh's Woodruff... is the biggest question, or is it Lauer? I... Because Lauer's been kind of rocked a little bit in spring training, but so is Lynn Bloom as Both well. Both of them are question marks, but it, it all comes down to who makes that final five rotation. Yeah. But the the Brewers have options. The Brewers, we know, are going to have a good bullpen. When you look at St. Louis and their bullpen, Jordan Hicks was a guy that in 2019 was this young guy who was throwing 100-plus miles an hour, looked electric. Then he needed Tommy John surgery, and so he didn't play in 2020. He had Tommy John surgery. I believe he needed it halfway through 2019. So he took all of 2020 off. Yeah. So now you have a guy that didn't get to pitch at all in 2020 because he's coming off of a, a Tommy John. And it's been a weird year where it's a weird offseason. It's Very. a it's a he didn't get a second half of his 2020 year because they only played 60 games. Th- that's supposed to be your closer. Your closer really hasn't thrown at the big league level. Since 2019. Yeah. Oh, and he suffered an injury to his arm since then. Yeah. Like, that's a huge question mark, and that's their closer. Yeah. We look at the Brewers. They have a guy named Josh Hader, who's been probably the best reliever in baseball the last couple, two, three years. You got a guy you named Devin, Devin Williams. Williams, who just came onto the scene last year and was a top three reliever You needed in a microscope to see his ERA. Exactly. I just feel, upside-wise, Brewers pitching is much better than the Cardinals. The question is, can the sticks, obviously last year different. 60 games, everyone's affected. You know, offense runs down. Brewers affected greatly by it. The big question is what happens with what? Low Kane coming back, the addition of Jackie Bradley Jr., what can Colton Wong do, you know, to lead off there? Can Keston Hira hit well? And can Yelly bounce back? Yeah, and a lot and of I think those, a lot of those things you say, yes, they can. Well, a lot of those guys to casual Major League Baseball fans are going to be unproven commodities, right? Like, in most people, I feel like, outside of the Brewers organization, think Keston here is an unproven commodity. Yeah, totally. Just because, I mean, he did it for, what, roughly half a season Yeah. in 2019? And you want to forget about 2020. And then 2020, he didn't look very good. Or you have, like, a, a cat like Omar Nervaez, that catcher, a guy that was one of the better hitting catchers in 2019, but 
Yeah, and Avi, Avi Garcia, Urias. The, these he guys. wasn't. He wasn't necessarily. Narvaez wasn't necessarily the greatest hitting catcher you've ever seen prior to 2019, but mm -hmm. he did have a hell of a year then. 2020 <laughs> wasn't really close to that. <laughs> we try to forget. But then was you look at some of those guys like that. You look at Travis Shaw. He had great numbers, 17 and 18. Wasn't anything close to that in 2019. No. And then 2020, it looks like he was climbing back, but it was 60 games. You didn't really get to see. Yeah. He did do better, though. They, didn't ha they don't have the same type of proven commodities that the Cardinals have. Like, just go through their lineup. Yadier Molina, one of the best catchers of all time. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, that's Beast. an MVP caliber player in his prime. Nolan Arenado, once <laughs> that's an MVP caliber <laughs> yep. player right now. Uh, Matt Carpenter, he's a longtime guy that's been great for a while, multiple-time All-Star. Paul DeYoung, he's been playing exceptionally well at shortstop. They have a lot of bats and big bats that you know you're going to have at least solid seasons from. Totally. Can't necessarily say that with the Brewers, but you're hoping so. All right, I think I got him. Raphael, is that you? Yes, every time we have a time to call, something breaking happens. What broke? What broke? What broke? Uh, Virginia is now out of the ACC tournament because they have COVID issues. Oh! And, uh, and Cam Newton signs that one-year contract for New England. I saw the Cam Newton things. Virginia is out with the Rona. So that means they're probably not going to be ready for the uh, March. They're not going to do March Madness then, are they? Uh, Don't you have to test? I, I think you got to test negative seven days in a row. And this, and this would be six days. What, what I understood, one player tested positive. Okay, but wow. the sad part is that one player that tested positive played in the and played in the whole game yesterday. Oh so. my God, dude, crazy! Russell Raff, yes. So you definitely had probably your boss is like, update this, update this, update this. Yes. <laughs> well, Raff, thanks for joining us, man. So wow, that's crazy. I did see someone I saw on Twitch said that uh, some of Virginia's out, but I didn't realize why COVID. Then yeah, wow, crazy. Uh, Raff, real quick, uh, we're talking NL Central odds here. I know you're a Chicago Cubs fan. Oh man, we do we have to discuss this now? I was having a good morning. Well, we're just gonna, we're gonna rip the bandaid off, Raph. We're gonna rip it off. <laughs> uh, well, how how's the breakdown for you through the eyes of Vegas? Is it Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Cubs, Pirates? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we're getting Bradley for you guys was a, was a big boost. Uh, tickets came in rapidly. Um, Brewers total season wins. Brewers uh, NL Central. So. That was a good plus for us because we were heavy. Let's face it, even though I hate them, but we were really heavy on everything with the Cardinals. So that was a good uh, a spot for us to, uh, to get some of that money back. Uh, so the Blues, uh, the Blues, I like that move. Uh, I, I hate to say it's still going to be the Cardinals division to lose. I, and I say if I had to choose, it'd be Cardinals, Brewers. I think Brewers finished second. Yeah. I got the Reds. Uh, and, and I'm going to call it right now. Pirates will have a better record than my Cubs. What? We're going to get rid of everybody Are during you, trade. Raphael, have you been call. drinking? Have you been drinking? Uh, I'm just so disappointed in them right now. Oh, Raph, so okay. Gonna, right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Gonna be gone. I, like a couple, like two months ago, I, you were on, and you said, and we we're like joking around about the Pirates, and you put them around like, I don't know if you're joking or not, but around 40 wins, like like low low 40s. Are you still there with the Pirates, like down there in the 40s? Oh, I wonder if they're the, the Pirates. I think I right now I'm seeing 58.5, 59.5, depending on where you look. I would hammer that I, under. I would hammer that under, too. I would be shocked if they get 47, 48 wins. Uh, and you think, think you're, you think your scrubbies are going to be down there, too? Like that far? They stink. They stink. 
Uh, it feels so good to hear a Cubs fan say it. It just warms my heart, Raphael. They do. Yeah, that's, stink. What, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. They you guys do all have automatic wins at Wrigley and at home against my Cubs. Um, it's called AmFam South. It's not Wrigley anymore, Raphael. It's AmFam South. <laughs> they had changed the naming rights. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> all right, so Raph, uh, I have to ask you, brother, about soccer bets. But before soccer bets happen, um, this will be the third time now that Wisconsin will take on the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Big Ten tournament tonight at eight o'clock. Now, when it comes to uh, the Vegas eye, do you take into account of, like, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm actually a little bit shocked at how low the number is. I thought Iowa was going to come in, like, around a six-point favorite. So, actually, four, four and a half. I hate to say it. There is some kind of value with the Hawkeyes. But here's an 8 o'clock game. I think Joe Public and uh, are going to be betting Iowa like there's no tomorrow because they're going to see what happened last time these used two play. If you can get five and a half, and I wouldn't be shocked if this can get sped all the way up to six, I say take the Badgers. I mean, wait, it's the eight, it's the eight, uh, eight o'clock game. Why would you want to bet that game now if you're Wisconsin when you can probably get a really, really good number uh, an hour before? Hey, how about this, Raphael? Last night, you know, Wisconsin was favored by five and a half over Penn State, and they were up by eighteen at one point, sixteen with uh, fifteen minutes left. Our guy Nelson over here, Rowdy. He took the Badgers minus five and a half. Badgers end up winning by one. He is now taking the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, minus, minus four. four. But to your point, Raph, uh, I think it was the last time they played Iowa on Sunday. That game opened at five and closed at around seven and a half. A lot yes. of money on Iowa. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If you like the Badgers, anyone, <laughs> I would say wait. If you like Iowa, try to get that four, four and a half, because I don't think that that four or four and a half is going to be around Yeah, uh, much longer. Crazy. All right, Raphael, um, soccer bets. Okay. I could give two craps less about this topic. I think the people that, like, grovel over it and obsess over it are low IQ dummies, and that would be the royal family. (laughs) <laughs> the royal family who gives a crap we won a war just so we didn't have to deal with their nonsense right they are just they're, they're basically billionaires looking down their nose at us plebes us peasants and people like fawn over them don't get it don't understand it Raphael, you sent me in your email and i wasn't even going to bring up prince harry and uh megan markle and the queen and whatever but sucker bets Raphael, do you put these bets out could i see what British royal will be outed as the palace racist? And <laughs> you have just a line of them. Will Harry and Meghan lose their royal titles in 2021? Will Prince Harry get his royal securities back in 2021? Will Harry and Meghan return permanently to the UK? If all these bets, do you literally put these out because you know you will fleece money from people? Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, uh, <laughs> first of all, the bosses over at my book, he said that I should try to uh, copyright the palace racist. They said that's the, probably the funniest thing that I've ever sent to them on an email. Well, dude, it's uh, I, I looked to open the email. I died laughing. British royal. <laughs> what British royal will be outed as the palace racist? I died. Prince Andrew at plus 150. Isn't he also the British pedophile? Uh, pretty much, but uh, you know, I did a lot of research. Called a lot of people over uh, at, uh, in the UK that I know that work for other uh, sports books and all that, and everything. And they told me to tread water lightly on it because they said uh, the Royals do not like anything negative press or anything negative like that. So I thought it was kind of funny. So it's getting a lot of action, a lot of plug, and hey, why not? Why not turn the pot, stir the pot a little? Raphael, could you imagine if you're stirring the pot on the royal family? All of a sudden, you get a little knock on your door. Oh, it's Bond, well, first, James Bond. Oh, which one, though? I mean, I'm not answering the door for any. Oh, okay, 006. It's the guy that crossed Bond. He's there to take you out now. 
yeah, I mean, but it's it's it was all fun and joy. But like I said, hey, if you don't say something in the in the media or in social media, because I'll post something on it. Like, do you ever just see something like this is such a sucker bet? I'm all over it. Like, do you just like lick your chops when you see stuff like this? I do. I, I thought it was kind of fun uh, researching and stuff. And then, like, will they will they be will they attend Christmas in the UK? Will they be invited? <laughs> I mean, those are kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is every family's problem. If you have a problem for your mother-in-law, do you invite her for Christmas? Do you not invite her for Christmas? I mean, this is everyone else's problem. It's just the Royals. Yeah, I was talking to one of my buddies who is getting really big into March Madness for the upcoming week. And he was talking about, man, I'm looking at this team at plus yada, yada, yada. And then he was rattling off all these different teams. And I finally just said, dude, if you really care about that team that much, why don't you just bet their money line every single game and just roll it over? Because you're probably going to get better odds than just strictly taking the plus whatever. Some cases that works, but some cases that backfires. But AKA, look at Villanova. Uh, last week they were uh, they uh, on Saturday. I think they were minus seven dollars on the money line, and they lose outright. They lost outright the other day uh, in the tournament, and they were minus six dollar money line. So uh, sometimes that goes well, and sometimes that doesn't. Uh, a lot, we have a lot of UFC betters that do the same thing that parlay those huge money lines and stuff like that and then one knockout or one late three-pointer can uh, uh stuck it to you look at virginia who had yeah. to get a, a late three-pointer yesterday just to win the game uh rafael joining us right now from mybookie.ag good stuff for handicapper to the stars um raf i'm just can i can you put me down at plus 1200 i want to just throw a 50 spot on the queen for being the uh the royal outed as the palace races can you put me down for that 1200 for uh, the queen uh, yeah, I, I got you covered. You don't even, you don't even have to pick it back. I got you covered. <laughs> do you have any uh, odds if uh, the Duke of York, a.k.a. Prince Andrew, is going to go to prison for, you know, flying and hanging out and being on Pedo Island of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, no, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at uh, into that one. I mean, I, I just finished uh, the Falcon uh, odds for their new upcoming movie on Disney Plus. So I got some time to kill this week. Uh, yeah, that. you're you're right, Raphael. I don't want the I don't want the royal family on my ass either. I'll veer away from it. I'm gonna go with uh, Dark Horses being uh, his brother. What William? I feel like they're trying to pit two brothers against each other. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, we could have a fight. We could have a fight and between the two. Yeah, they could do a WWE style. That'd be awesome, uh-huh. dude. All right, uh, I'm I'm talking UFC uh, or or bare knuckle. Bare bu- yeah, Who bare knuckle. Yeah, bare we'll do knuckle. bare knuckle, and Paige Van Zant could be like the ring girl because yeah, she, her her bare knuckle career ain't going to the greatest right now. All right, Raph, before I let you go, and we appreciate your time because you got to you know update your odds with you know Virginia being out, out the Rona. But Raph, do you have any updated odds on uh, Russell Wilson? Watch what's Vegas say of where he's going to land? Because I saw now the Seahawks have come out to say that if any team's desperate enough for a mega deal, that they will deal Mister Unlimited Russell Wilson. And I know the Bears are very desperate. Do you have any odds on that? Uh, they're the favorite right now, and I think the other teams that they announced, uh, like the Saints, the Saints moves that they have made to cut salary, I just don't see him wanting to go there. Uh, so I think the Saints are stuck with famous Jameis and Hill. Uh, I think if Russell Wilson does get moved this year, it's the Bears and Bears only, but I don't think he goes. I think he stays one more year. I'm like and, nervous. Uh, I'm nervous, Raph, that he's going to go to the Chicago. I don't be nervous in Chicago. <laughs> okay. All right, Raph. Uh, if we want to check out all your incredible work, how can we do so? Let the people know. You can find me over on Twitter at VSI.Sports. You can find me on MyBookie.ag. You can find, also get me at Instagram at Raphael Esparza. Raph, if you go missing, I will be like Liam Neeson from Taken, and I will go over across the pond and get after the queen and free you from their uh, their your shackles down below in the basement of the palace, all right? 
Well, I want to dance to see how much I get how much I get bid for. Don't don't save me for and take it. I want to see how much I get bid for. All right, Rav. Well, I have a special set of skills. I'll set those aside then. Okay. <laughs> take it easy. See, guys. See, okay, there he is, our gambler of the stars, Raphael. That palace stuff. That's called sucker bets. We can fleece our pockets as Vegas with the people that pay attention to that nonsense. Billionaires crying about other billionaires.